Hi, my name is Philia, and I'm here with my co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, difficult, and fun conversations surrounding everyday life and Christ. Faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, Philia, we are still in the season of parables, where we take a closer look at the parables of Jesus and put a current take on it. Well, girl, the seat is open. Okay. So the parable that we're covering today is the parable of the lost sheep. And the parable is found in both Matthew and Luke, and they're told in two different contexts. So I think it's important to read both. I'm going to read from the NIV version, but you can use any version you like. So I'm reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 to 14. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large milestone hung or millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person, though, whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into internal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And that's the reading in the book of Matthew. So I'm also going to read from the the book of Luke um, in verse 15, no, chapter 15, starting from verse 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And so this is the parable of the lost sheep as told by Jesus Christ in two different occasions, 
one, about the who is the greatest in heaven, and two, um, about dining with sinners. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that reading. You know, I find it interesting because Jesus had the wisdom to simplify profound spiritual truths with humanity in the form of these relatable stories that are a lot easier to understand. And um, because of this, I think it's 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 really important for us to have these discussions to see how they relate to our lives today. Mm -hmm. So my question for you today is, Yemi. What do you think? I mean, if a man has 100 sheep and one of them goes astray, doesn't he leave the 99, go to the mountains and seek that one that has gone astray? Or does he just go to the mountains with his 99 and maybe hope for the other one to 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 pretty much make his way back? I mean, what what would what kind of man would you be? <laughs> what kind of man oh, would woman. I be? <laughs> What kind of woman would I be? Yes, okay. Yes. Um, I'd be a man. <laughs> um, so, okay. So it's interesting because when God, when Jesus is telling this parable, he's telling it in the context of the lost sheep because that's relatable at the time. He, you know, everyone could understand about a shepherd going to seek after that one loss because. In that context, it was understood that the 99 were safer together hmm. than that one who was lost. Like the one that was lost was more susceptible to predators because they were alone. Whereas the 99 that were together, um, um, they were safe because they were in a pack. Like predators are, are less likely to attack one in a pack. So I'm not a shepherd. So, <laughs> so, you know, if I had to think about it as myself as a shepherd, I would say, uh, well, it's just one. I got to protect the other, right. other, right? Like I don't want any others to get lost. If I leave them, they're going to go stray. But that's not what, what Jesus wanted us to understand. So let's say that I, um, I'm, I'm with, I'm with, uh, a, on a class trip, right? I'm not a teacher, but let's say I'm a, a chaperone and we go to the museum and I count up all my children, there's 10, and I count them up at the end and I'm like, oh my God, one is gone. I'm going to definitely leave those nine and say, stay here, don't go anywhere. And I have to find that one, right? Wow, because really that, <laughs> that one, That's true. because, so true. right, I'm no, I'm no longer scared of these nine. Right, I'm scared about are. that one. Right. And that one is very precious, wow. right? I cannot lose any, but the one who's lost needs me now. The, wow. the nine that are together don't need me as much as that one. Yeah. So, so yes, I would go after that one because I know that they're vulnerable mm -hmm. and I'm now nervous and scared. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is interesting because when God first starts telling this parable, although he switches this to sheep, he's talking about a child first. Right. He's right. saying that this, this child is the greatest in heaven, right? Because... Right. They're innocent. They're innocent. Yes, <laughs> They're innocent. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're untainted. They're innocent. And I think this idea of the of the um, of the ninety nine sheep and one goes astray. I think of it as a when, as a parent, like you're thinking of it in, in sense of a chaperone. But it's the same thing, you know. A, a, a mother or a parent is only as happy as their unhappiest child. You know. Mm, I never heard that. Yes. So. Think you know you have all these successful children, but one of your children are not successful. Maybe they're on drugs, or you know they don't have the greatest you know careers. They're not making as much money as your other children. They're not as happy. You know, I think what happens is that you're always still your heart is always still breaking for that one child because 
you also want that child to be successful. So just imagine on a great scale how God feels, you know, about how how that one that one sheep that has gone astray, that is the sheep that is that is going to be attacked by predators, like you mentioned, right? While the others are safer, the other ones are on the same repertoire, the other ones are on the same scale, but that one has is still lost, is still wandering. So we must go out and go find them to make them okay so they can also be with their brothers and sisters. And I think that's how you feel as a parent. And that's how you feel as a chaperone. That one child is still almost more important than the other children that have that are pretty much safe that you can keep an eye on those children. You know those kids will probably stay together. They won't go astray, but that one is in desperate need. And that's kind of like how you feel. So it it, it saddens me, but it also makes me feel like, wow, like God really is looking out for us. Like he he wants all of us to be to be on that same level. I mean, yeah, I I I I think that your analogy is definitely spot on because I, I never thought about that. I'm, I'm not a parent, but I mean, it, I mean, it does make sense, right? That if your other children are good, your heart still breaks for the one who's not, and you're going to do everything oh gosh, possible. And whereas your other children are going to be like, okay, oh and look at what we've done, look at all the work we've put in. Right. You're not going, you're not worried. You're not as worried about them. And and that's why God is telling you that the lost is the most vulnerable. And that's, I mean, that's why Jesus uses this parable because he's saying that, you know, it's the lost sheep. It's the child, the one that's innocent. These are the most vulnerable. These are the greatest in heaven because they need the most help. Right. right? right. And, and, and he's saying that, you know, he curses anyone who causes them to stumble, causes anyone to any one of them to fall. So the lost sheep is the one who's out in the world and who's facing danger, who's right. not secure, who may not have that foundation of Christ that is strong and stable. Their house, you know, going back to the last parable we talked about, their house may f- um, crumble right. because they don't have that solid foundation. Right. So it's important for God to chase them. Right. It's important for us you know, as humans to chase the loss because they need God more than anyone else, right? Right. I, I think you make a great point. I, I, it's really important, like you said, to go after that one sheep because you're right, that foundation is not as strong and it's really important to gain access to that to that that lost sheep so that you can keep them grounded so that they can actually see that there is life on the other side they don't have to be alone they don't have to suffer in silence they can still be with others like-minded and those that are doing well and and it's okay because having that support and having that foundation will also help them you know come along and see the light you know and i think it's so difficult when you're alone not to see it you know, that's where that's where darkness, you're more vulnerable to darkness. And I think this is what God, it was, was this is what Jesus was trying to say. It's like that one sheep is really important to find because we need to make sure that they also see the light, that we need to find them and take them out of that darkness. So yeah, I mean, it's so funny that you know we 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 have to like we gain understanding and we grow because we all we also grow in our faith, right? Like we don't just grow in our interpersonal relationships. We also grow in our faith and our relationship with God and in our understanding of God. Because sometimes I struggle with God's wisdom because it's not mine, right? Like he, I mean, we're made in his image, but I'm not God. And I don't know all the things that he knows. And so as, as Yemi, who's can be a little self-centered sometimes, I would say, you know, what about me? I'm over here. Like, why are you chasing after that one? Like, who cares? Like the rest of us are here. Like if they want to go straight, 
let them go astray. But like you said, the parent's heart breaks for the most unhappy. The parent's heart breaks for the one who is lost, right? Because if the others are good, you feel comfortable. You feel comfortable leaving them. And, and, and when Jesus is saying, like, this child is the most important, he's saying that we should all be like this. Like, you know, when they're at, when the disciples are asking who's the greatest in heaven, and he says the child the is child, more important. Right. He's saying that we should be like the child. Like the child, right. Not law, not, 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 not the, the lost, lost part, or, but, but just the, the, the innocence, innocence of the child. Yes, 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 I agree. Yes. You know, um, and you know what? It's funny because I know growing up and, you know, we always talk about these these African parables, but they always say that children see angels because they're innocent. But once they can start to talk, you know, those angels are no longer seen by them, you know. And, you know, it's 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 interesting because I think it's that innocence that they have. You know, when the child tells you something, believe them because mm. they almost mm. have no reason to lie. They don't have a precedence to lie. They're going to speak their minds. You know, like that show, children say the darndest things, you know, they're going to speak their mind. They're going to be true to the integrity of who they are and where they start to become corrupted is by adults and by their parents and by society and things of that sort. So when Jesus says that the angels of the children are, those are the ones that will go into heaven. Those are the ones that are most important. I think that's the idea. Why can't we be childlike? Why can't we go back and be that, that innocent, you know, because we're tainted by everything else. But when we are born, that is the time that we're the most innocent. Yeah. We're the most vulnerable too. I mean, we can't, we can't go back. Right. Because like you said, we, we live in this world and, and there's some people who, who, may maintain their innocence they may be sheltered but i'm asking you as mm-hmm. a parent do mm-hmm. you shelter your children their whole lives or do you say like listen you, you the world is harsh and cruel and you know i can't protect you from everything so you know you can't stay in the house forever you have to go out and face the world like what do you do because of course you know your heart is i want to i want to protect them for everything in this world but right. if they're innocent and childlike they're vulnerable. They're more vulnerable. That's correct. To predators. Yeah. Like yeah. that, like, like, like the lost sheep in a yeah, sense. But for sure. But I think I, I, I look at this example for my daughter Nava, the same one that ran away when she was two years old and was found four blocks away. But uh, I remember she was maybe three and she asked me to make her cookies. And it was like maybe, I don't even know, it was very, very late, definitely past bedtime. And I said, no, Nava, it is too, or, it is too late. You know, let's wait till the morning. And maybe 10, 15 minutes later, I hear rumbling in the kitchen. I hear pots and pans. And I'm like, I can't believe this little girl is trying to make these cookies herself. And lo and behold, I go downstairs and she has the cookie pan out. She has the little spray, the canned spray, and she has the cookie dough. And had she known how to turn on the stove or the oven, this little girl would have been trying to make those cookies at the age of three. And I realized that I have a child of God, a child who is not going to take no for an answer, a child who is going to go out there and be the person she knows herself. She's known herself since she was an infant. And I said, I can't protect her from this danger of lighting a stove. I have to teach her safety. And everybody was like, what? You should just beat her hand. What? She needs the, <laughs> She needs a whipping. And she would know not to go back into the kitchen. I said, no. I have to teach her safety. I have to teach her how to do it correctly because she's the kid that's going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did because when I am tired, I know that Nafa could go ahead and make her eggs and make her cookies and make all these things. And I know it's a risk, but like the same thing, I didn't shelter her. 
you know, and that's what you do. You know, you, you can't shelter the child because that's when they're most vulnerable. You can still protect them, but you also teach them safety. You also teach them to protect themselves. You teach them the word of God. You teach them the foundation. And this is what I'm doing to, to, to raise my children because I realize that I can't protect them from everything or anything. That's a, a good point when you say you, you teach them to have a foundation, right? Because mm -hmm. if they have the foundation, you know you've equipped them with the tools to be okay in this right. world. And, and and that's what God gives us, right? He He loves us and we're vulnerable. Of course, we still are, but he tries to equip us with tools and skills to survive. You know, when, 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 um, I think it's Peter who says, consider it great joy, the testing of your faith, because it produces perseverance, mm. right? Like we're in this world and it, and this world can be cruel. <laughs> it can be very painful. Can there could be a lot of hurt and disappointment, but how do you cope with that? Right. You, you just do ball up in a corner and just die. No. Right. Like you, you have to overcome and God is trying to teach us how to overcome. And that's why it's important to have this foundation because when I was down and depressed and sad and, and couldn't come out of it for a long time, you know, this is when, when, when God was trying to reach me the most, maybe I was the lost sheep mm -hmm. because I was so down. Like I never felt like that before. And, and it, it was the time when my faith grew and I guess it was the, you know, producing perseverance in me because any which way it could have gone, right? Like if I didn't have like a support group that was teaching me about God and being patient and waiting on him, I'm talking about our growth group. If I didn't have that, I don't know what would have happened because I really was at that place. And that was the foundation that I needed to stand tall on, to be, to become better because it was God's word that I was leaning on. It was that I have a, a plan for you, a hope in a future. I was leaning on that. I was leaning on trusting on God and, and being committed to knowing that he has a plan and purpose for me that, you know, that this is a season and it will pass. I leaned on the foundation of the word of God to get me through. And that's what sustains me actually, yes. because I still struggle and I, I, and I, I have to remember God's word. You know, I, I, you know what? I never looked at this parable mm. and thought that I was a lost sheep. Until now, you're <laughs> Until looking now. at it and you're like, wow. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting you said that because two um, major, you know, news breaking uh, 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 situations came up in the past, I think, uh, three weeks. Uh, the first one, I think of Regina King's son, you know, who who took his life. And then I think of the most recent one, uh, I think her name was Chesley Chris, I think she was uh, the, Miss USA. the Miss USA. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I went to her Instagram page prior to that. I didn't even know really who she was. And, and you see this beautiful, happy person, you know, I think of Regina King's son who there was no amount of money that he didn't have access to. And I, I know his parents loved him tremendously. And I'm thinking, you know, what is going on in your head that you don't think that you will get through this mm -hmm, moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that people have not thought about it. I'm not saying that you don't think that, you know, life is so miserable that, you know, I, I, it's probably better to not be here, but to know that 
God will not forsake you. Even if you feel forsaken, to know that it's just a trial, it's just a period, it won't last forever. It will get better. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we hear it, but you have to believe it. You have to believe it because it's so difficult. And no matter how bad things are, it will be okay. It won't be a feeling that will be forever. And it just breaks my heart because if I could be that person or be there to, to, to give that person that last chance to convince them, you know, and you think of all the tons and mass of people who, who take their lives because they're feeling that they can't do this anymore. It just saddens me so much. And I think that's why it's so important to have that foundation to really know God's words and to know that even the trials and even the trials and tribulations that you go through is God too, because he's also building you to be stronger, right. but you got, though you won't know how strong you are until, until you, right. you, you actually overcome it. Yeah. And that's what saddens me so much, but also gives me more faith that, that it will get better no matter how bad things are. I mean, yeah, I, I think leaning, leaning on, not on your own understanding. Oh yes. And, not and, on your own understanding. And Absolutely. leaning on God is, is essential. And I, and I think that's what's missing is that faith, right? Because no matter how much you say to someone that it will get better, it will get better, get better. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah. It doesn't. So having that faith and believing that it will is is essential. Yeah. And that doesn't come easy no. because everyone can tell you it's going to get better, but you just, you won't believe it, right? Because there are still people who suffer to this day. And you can, I mean, that was my problem. I would get on the train and I would see people and they look miserable and I'm like, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. Yeah. Right. Like I, I don't want to be a miserable 40 year old. I don't want to be a miserable 50 year old. I don't want to be a miserable 60. Like yes. I would see these faces and I saw myself and you know, getting to the place where you believe and trust in mm -hmm. God is not easy. That's why God chases us. That's yes. why God loves us. That's why he goes after the lost sheep. And, sheep. and it, it doesn't happen that everyone gets there. It no. doesn't. No. And like I said, no amount of words that you can say to a person, you know, will help them get there. They have to believe. They have to come to that understanding and realization in, in, in Jesus and in Christ. And, you know, I can only pray for, for anyone who's struggling. I mean, if anyone is struggling, there is definitely help. Yes. And, you know, maybe you need someone to talk to. And, and I don't think, and I think the people who love us, as much as they love us, they may not be able to help us and, and, and it may hurt them. But we have to realize that just because someone loves us doesn't mean that they can help us. Sometimes we have to seek help elsewhere. Yes. And um, if I didn't have my growth group, I don't know. But I was fortunate, fortunate enough to have, to have that. that. Yes. And, um, yeah, me too. and that's why yeah. it's important for us to be living testimonies for people because you can be found, you can be lost and be found. Yes. And there is happiness waiting for you. There's peace and there's joy. And even if the world still can be trying, you can still find joy in there. Yes. Because God will not leave you forsaken. This world not. is cruel, but God will not leave you or forsake you. And you must believe that. You have to have faith that, one, you're not the only one feeling what you feel. And that's why, as Yemi said, uh, it's it's important for us to, 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 
tell our stories because then you start realizing that, wow, this person is going through what I'm going through or this person has been through. And, you know, and I can't even say worse or better because I think what happens is that everything is relative, right? So what's worse for you might not be worse for somebody else. However, everyone goes through problems. Everyone goes through things that they feel like they won't come out of, but have faith, be strong in your word, you know, even with your loved ones. And if you feel like you can't talk to your family, then seek help, you know, but know that God, you, you go into that word and you dive deep into that word, God will speak to you. And this is why we always pray for discernment because he speaks to us in so many ways, so many different ways, but just have faith that he will speak to you when you need it. Amen. 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 I think there's this one, I, we didn't even talk about like the second time that Jesus used this parable right. um, when he was talking about uh, sitting with the sitting sinners, with the sinners yes. but we got to save that for we the live. We can save that for the live. We got to save because that's a really interesting discussion too. Yes. Yes. Amen. So stay tuned for announcements and prayers. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on the parable of the lost sheep. Before we end, we have a few announcements and then we will close with a prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will be back next Wednesday with another podcast on the parable of the faithful and wise servant. This can be found in Matthew 24, verses 36 to 51 and Luke 12, verses 35 to 48. We are so excited to be back on tonight with our Wisdom Wednesday's YouTube live discussion. We will be discussing the power of parables and how they relate to your lives. This will take place tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Lastly, our weekly podcast, Treading Faith, is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please check out our Instagram page for updates. Don't forget to follow us, like us, comment, and share with family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now, let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. Isaiah 55 11 says, God's word does not come back void. Our prayers are strengthening in numbers. So we ask that you come in agreement with us for this closing prayer. Father God, save your lost sheep and take all the glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to transmit your love for souls Fill us with your love, the love that compelled you to offer your life on the cross to free us from bondage. Father God, move us to conquer our fears and complexes, our laziness and indifferences, and to become engaged in the mission to save souls. Father God, give us the strength, O oh Lord, to go to the sheep that need us the most, to go to the sheep that has gone astray, and not to give up on them, Father God, but to go to them and help them through your love and your forgiveness. Father God, we pray for the one who is lost and can't find their way. You have said in your word, O oh Lord, that the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. You have said in your word, Lord, that if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, would he leave the 99 and would he go to the mountain to look for the one that has gone astray? Father God, we pray that he finds it we pray that he should greatly rejoice. You said that he should rejoice over the lost sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. We know, O oh Lord, that this is not your will, that any one of your sheep should go astray. 
So we thank you, Father. We thank you for taking care of your lost sheep. Father God, we pray for your everlasting forgiveness, your everlasting kindness, your everlasting light, your everlasting mercy. We pray that you continue to shine your light on us and for you to be the beacon of our lives. Father God, we pray that you are constantly committed to making sure that your sheep does not go astray. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' precious name, may we all come in agreement and say, amen, amen, and amen. If you or anyone you know are suffering in silence or have suicidal thoughts, help is available. Talk to someone today. We can all help prevent suicide. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress. Just dial the number 1-800-273-TALK. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. And if you forget, you can dial 1-800-SUICIDE. We love you and God will never ever forsake you. Have a blessed and safe week, everyone. Bye.